the weekly sparkly burlesque podcast about two black showgirls living, loving, and training in San Diego from an unapologetically black femme perspective. I am Sepia Jewel, the seductress of slay. And I am Torlisha Divine, the black gold goddess. Thank you all so much for accepting our invitation to dine and dish with us. Now, grab a plate and have a seat at the table because you're about to get served. It's not what you do. It's the way you do. It's stripping or writing or talking or just breathing. Do it with an air and never admit you're scared. Gypsy Rose Lee. Hello. Hello. My laptop's back. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I was yeah. so stressed out over that. Um, but the Apple geniuses were able to figure out what was wrong with my laptop and repair it and send it back to me very quickly. So I am thankful to y'all. Uh, y'all are the real MVPs of my week. Hey, Sepia. <laughs> hey, Twirl. Um, we have some exciting stuff going on in our lives. But um, we'll get to that as we go. Uh, we're going to get into our sparkling shine as we always do. Well, I'm my sparkling shine because <laughs> I got into Behoff. Yes! <laughs> Woo! I'll be performing um, Thursday. I believe it's in the Movers Shakers. Mm-hmm. And... I'll be performing Endangered Species, and I'm so excited. I'm still smiling. I mean, My face is going to break. I think we just need to kind of take a moment to discuss this accomplishment, okay? This is the first time you've ever applied to Behoff. Yes. <laughs> this is the first act that you have ever choreographed and performed. Yes. <laughs> um, this is kind of a unicorn-ass experience. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is um, a unicorn-ass experience. So- like, we need to have a moment of silence and be thankful to the glitter gods. I wasn't going to apply, yeah. and Boobzilla and I were having a little conversation, mm-hmm. and she was like, you better apply. Boobzilla, thank you for yeah, encouraging Boobzilla. me. Thanks for that encouragement. That's awesome. I'm just flabbergasted. I'm just, me too. I I'm mean, so excited for you. It's just so much to, to wrap your head around, like, going to Life is just going so quick. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. How things keep happening. My sparkle and shine goes out to my uh, beloved mentor, Egypt Black Nile. Yes. Egypt is making sure that I am doing the good work to be the best burlesque performer that I can be, doing her best to put me in the position to have opportunities to perform. She's advising me. She's helping me with costuming. She's just, she's allowing me into her world as a burlesque performer and exposing me to the things that she does and the struggles that she has had. And I don't think that you could ever wish or hope for a better mentor to come into your life and offer the type of assistance that she's offering me. I'm just super grateful to her and to everything that she has given me and continues to to bless me with. So thank you so much, Egypt. You are amazing. <laughs> yeah, she is. 
So now we're gonna go into sepia slayspiration. The other day, Twirl and I were having our normal little conversations. Um, I was being scolded about trolling uh, <laughs> the weather and stuff, and we were uh, we were talking about you know just different challenges that we have and in life, you know, just ba- just balancing life. Period yeah. is is a challenge, and I just came up with life has its challenges but it's good so if you're slaying living above ground then life is good that gives you a chance to try to live out your dream right so whatever you're doing if you're just laying on the couch doing anything nothing trying to figure out get your thoughts in order just slay living above ground. There's always going to be challenges, and and some of are 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 good for you because you know you learn you learn a lesson. If you if everything is good and perfect, you're never you'll never learn anything. So yeah, we're slaying living above ground. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so our. Burly Biz of the Week goes out to get your shirt. <laughs> and um, Get Your Shirt is a company that is run by a friend of the show, Uncle Conscious. He is the co-host of Bonfire Radio's TK in the AM uh, with Tasty Quiche. And he has a store envy front called Get Your Shirt. Uh, recently, I CPA posted a picture of the two of us with our hands on our hips, <laughs> begging y'all to send us letters. And I was wearing one of their shirts. It was a Thunderfang crop top. And um, they have fantastic T-shirts with all kinds of incredible messages on it. Uh, Conscious also has uh, some eBooks that he has out that are fantastic, and just will kind of help you get into a good mindset to progress, to let go of all of your baggage and your excuses and grow as a person. So um, everybody over at Bonfire Radio is dope. I've talked about them several times, uh, my fave podcast. Tea with Queen and Jay records out of their studio, so we love them. So we just wanted to give Uncle Conscious a shout out. Um, He has a couple of the fun shirts that he has on here. Um, They have TK in the AM shirts and then he has one that I really like that I'm going to get now. It's called I Don't Speak Defeatist which I think is a fucking amazing message. There's another shirt that says believe in women self-love matters life is just one and ones and zeros. He has womanist shirts and hats. Um, so they have a ton of stuff. So they have stuff for men, women, t-shirts tank tops, uh, sweatshirts hats all kinds of merchandise. So if you're interested in getting some dope shirts and supporting a black artist, supporting a black owned media company, I would definitely go over to get your shirt. He does these pixelated uh, art prints that he also puts on t-shirts and they're super dope. So the website is www.storeenvy.com and uh, it's get your shirt and that's spelled G-E-T-U-R S-H-I-R-T. And the easiest way that I get to their website is to go through their Instagram. 
And the Instagram is at get your shirt. And the link to the website is in the Instagram. So it's G-E-T-U-R-S-H-I-R-T. And you can also follow Conscious directly because he posts some really, really dope stuff at I-R-Conscious. And that's I-A-R-E-C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S. So um, he also features some other designers on there. Uh, the person who made the Thunder Fangs graphic is actually a featured designer on the site. So he's not only, you know, putting his own out there, his own art out there. He's also utilizing his platform to support other artists, which I think is super dope. So, um, yeah, go on over to get your shirt and uh, buy a shirt. Support. Okay, and now we're going to move into CPSOs. So, one of my challenges <laughs> is I when I'm sewing and I'm on a roll, I may have some lightweight fabric or something, and the fabric gets sucked into the uh, feed dogs, and then I have to, like, get it out. My needle may break. That's always why my um, bobbin casing gets messed up. But I don't know what any of these things mean. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. That's I'm sure okay. I'll learn and I'll be cussing when it happens. So the feed dogs are the little things that feed the fabric through. They look like an escalator. Sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But right before there, there's like a little hole and your fabric will like just, if it's really soft, it'll just slip down in there. Okay. So some things you can do to prevent that, and you also need to make sure you're using the right size needle for the fabric that you're, you're sewing on, but you can use tissue paper as a stabilizer. Put the tissue paper down over the feed dogs, and then your whatever you're sewing on top, and start to sew, and it kind of tricks the sewing machine. It's not going to go down into the, the hole, and okay. then when you finish, you just tear it off so you can use like tracing paper tissue paper from the 99 cent store if you get a pattern from the store the brown pattern paper if there's like extra you can use strips of that and then that's easier if you get tissue paper get some that's close to the color so okay. in case you can't get all of the the remnants mm -hmm. out from underneath the threads okay yeah there sense. are some people that i've seen that use just regular toilet paper mm -hmm. but it, it's kind of soft and it's it may be a little harder to tear so okay if you're sewing you know mesh fabrics sheer fabrics anything slippery just get some tissue paper and sew away so that's an awesome tip i don't want any types of dogs to eat my fabric so um <laughs> no dogs eating your fabric is not good, good. Oh, I'm excited about this one I found. The Adizias Facts is Club Harlem. Ooh. And Club Harlem was founded in 1935 by Leroy Pop Williams on the site of a dance hall called Fitzgerald's Auditorium. Mm -hmm. Williams gave the new club the name of the Manhattan neighborhood because a lot of black people lived there. The district was known as Kentucky Ave and the Curb. And it's in Atlantic City, New Jersey. It was the city's premier club for black jazz performers. 
Like its Harlem counterpart, the Cotton Club, many guests were white, wealthy, and eager to experience a night of black entertainment. When the club opened in 1935, there were slot machines along with the basketball court on the top of the building. What? Yes. So (laughs) an elaborate all-black review called Smart Affairs was headquartered at the club from 1946 to 1971. It featured 40 to 50 acts and was on a par with Broadway productions. Club Harlem was outfitted with seven bars, two lounges, and a main showroom seating over 900. A cocktail lounge, headroom for 400 guests with continuous entertainment. So now there's some other little... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I see. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know there's going to be some stuff. Right? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Make us think about Harlem Shit. nights. Okay, okay so... In July of 1940, Club Harlem, The Wonder Bar, Little Belmont, and The Paradise Club were targeted in a midnight raid by newly elected mayor Tom Taggart. They confiscated three truckloads of gambling paraphernalia and arrested 32 club owners and employees. They shut down the four clubs. But... The next day, they were open for business as usual. (laughs) Um, The club scheduled matinees, nighttime shows, late night shows, and 6 a.m. breakfast shows during the summer tourist season. And celebrities, politicians, and tourists often arrived early in the morning after the clubs on the white side of the town closed. At times, there would be a thousand people in line waiting for the breakfast show. Wow. Now, that's at 6 a.m. And what the f- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the breakfast show started at 6 a.m. Okay. Talk about a lit-ass brunch. Okay, so Club Har- Harlem was the site of the 1972 Easter morning assassination of the Black Mafia Fat Tyrone Palmer. And it was in full view of a show audience estimated at 600 people. What? Holy shit. Okay. Yes, wow. Yes. So after that, of course, business dropped. It started to decline through the mid-1970s and the mid-1980s as the introduction of casino gambling on the Atlantic City boardwalk. It pulled away from the club in the night spots. In the winter of 1986, the club was purchased by a developer for 200 thousand dollars way below the valuation of six hundred and seventy three thousand dollars there was a nor'easter in 1992 that struck the building and tore the building down so fans retrieved the interior furnishings and vintage photos and other different things with hopes of them being on display in a museum and they are. Um, the African American Heritage Museum of Southern New Jersey gathered all the some of the mementos and they are on a traveling show. So you can still see some of the things from this famous club. And I mean the likes of Sammy Davis Jr., Nat King Cole, Billy Holiday, Teddy Pendergrass. Dick Gregory performed there. All kinds of people performed there. And some people would book it as their summer gig. Okay. So they wouldn't book anything else, but they would book being there in the summer because of the tourist season and because 
the club was so popular. And I mean, just imagine they had shows that compared to Broadway shows. So now we are going to move into our PhD in Slayology. And we could not think of a more deserving recipient than Miss Pochop. Okay. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen this. Um, I'm sure you have. If you were paying attention to your Instagram or Facebook as Jeezy's juke joint was happening. Uh, Pochop took a meme and turned it into a live action burlesque festival act. I don't know how she managed to do this, but she gave us full on Mary J. Blige. Yes. Okay? Yes. I mean, I, I hope that Mary J. Blige has seen this performance because it was truly a tribute act mm-hmm. to the queen of hip hop soul. She tore it up. Okay. She danced like Mary. When she pulled that lightsaber <laughs> out, I slid out of my chair. I said, I'm not going to do this with her today. And then when she pulled the chicken out of her boot, I literally stroked out. Ma'am, I cannot with you. That was just so fantastic. And you have always been fantastic. But just watching you embody Mary J like that on that stage, it was just the perfect act. It was just amazing. It was so well executed. She was so dedicated and immersed in the character. She just tore it up. And just to take my one of my favorite memes of all time and turn it into, like, again, a whole live action festival act. Who does this? She is so creative and so innovative. And I just, I feel so blessed to have even seen video of that. I'm sure the audience was losing their mm-hmm. fucking minds. I mean, it just, it was fantastic. Um, so uh, just a little bit about her. Um, hell-bent on creating a repertoire that would incite conversations regarding notions of gender, race, and sexual prowess, Jen Freeman created a burlesque persona, Pocha. With over a decade of dance training that includes studying at Columbia College Chicago, Pochop uses elements of dance, storytelling, and striptease to create performances that are described by Chicago critics as the most provocative symbol of might on stage. It was as if Pochop had captured lightning in a bottle and the bottle was herself. Oh my God. That is a good description because that lightning struck us when we were at the club. (laughs) We kept watching. We were at CPS birthday party, y'all. We said this in the club and could not put the phone down because we just had to keep Mm -hmm. watching this clip over and over again of this Mary J act. Mm -hmm. She is just everything. I love her so much. Um, please check out her website. Her website is www.itspochop, and that's P-O-C-H-O-P.com. And then her Instagram is also itspochop, so that's I-T-S-P-O-C-H-O-P. So please go over and check her out and see what she's up to. You have to get into her. She is just fantastic. I, I can't think of any other words to say. She's just everything. Okay, Um, this is going to be a rough one, so um, bear with us. I just want to give you guys a content warning that we are going to be discussing police brutality, police violence, 
and black death. So if these are issues that are, are hypersensitive for you or you just don't have the spoons to hear this right now, trust me, we understand. And you might just want to fast forward to the next segment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so we just want to take uh, a minute to talk about what happened in Sacramento uh, last Sunday um, when uh, Stephen Clark was murdered in his own backyard uh, by the police. Uh, this man was shot um, 20 times in the back because he was standing in his backyard and, and holding his cell phone. Um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't even know. I don't know what to say. Um, I'm overwhelmed with emotion about the situation and what it, what it means and the implications and <sighs> black people are not safe in this country. Um, we haven't been safe in this country since we were brought here by European colonizers. Um, and I wonder whether or not we will ever be safe in this country. There is no excuse for this. There are, there, there are no questions about what this was. They murdered that man in his backyard. That's the end of it. That's the bottom line. And anything else and any other words about it, just I don't want to hear it. Um, I don't want to hear anybody talking about whether or not he complied. I don't want to hear anybody talking about what misdemeanor or whatever, even what, whatever he has done in this life didn't deserve him being shot in the back 20 times. I don't give a fuck if he was... Standing there with a gun, he didn't need to be shot 20 times in the back. Because if he was shot in the back, then that means he was fleeing. That means he wasn't facing you and there was no imminent threat. And even if there was an imminent threat, 20 fucking shots, my G. I don't give a fuck if he was sitting on top of a tank. The police are not judge, jury, and executioner. I don't give a fuck what you have done. Even if it is a capital offense. No one deserves to be shot 20 times in the back in their own motherfucking backyard ever for any reason. End of story. No, this is wrong. Absolutely wrong. And then to have protesters that were met with people being pissed off because they couldn't get to a basketball game when this man is gone. Yes. The fucking unmitigated gall of people. We're not humans in this country to these people. They talked about that man who sent those bombs to those black people, who is a fucking terrorist. Call him what he is. He's a domestic terrorist. Another angry-ass white man that can't handle shit and can't handle life decides to send bombs and blow up people. But they speak about him like, oh, well, he was just, a dis he was disturbed and he was a quiet young family man and all this bullshit. No, he was a terrorist. And the cops are terrorists. Because you don't get to shoot somebody in the back 20 times in their backyard. I don't give a fuck. This is, this is ridiculous. This is too damn much. It really is. The cops don't need to have guns as far as I'm concerned either. Nobody does. Because look how we act. And, and we keep having this conversation and, and the police always said, well, they were in fear. Okay, well, part of your job is that you're going to be in situations where... People may have have weapons. Right. That's your job. Right. That's your job. So if you're in fear, then that's not the job that you need to have. Then you don't even 
tell the grandparents what's going on. Right. And you interrogate them. You don't even try to get him medical attention. No. And this was all about a 911 call about somebody breaking car windows. With a crowbar. So that means you have to shoot him 20 times? Mm-hmm. Even if he was running at you with a crowbar, you don't have to shoot yeah. that man 20 times. Because he didn't have a crowbar. He didn't have anything. He had a cell, cell phone. phone. This behavior is disgusting. I am tired of seeing these black snuff films rolling across my fucking timeline. Sandra Bland, the go- the cops that were involved in that, that were implicated in that, off. Innocent. No, no fucking charges, no, nothing. They get away with it too. How the fuck does this keep happening? I have a, I have a grandson and I have a son. My son has to have these conversations with his son about trying to be safe, what not to do, you know, if you come in contact with the police, but it really doesn't matter what you do because he didn't do anything. The police came in contact with him. Exactly. He didn't come in contact with the police. They don't even know if that was the right person. They had no idea. They didn't even try to identify whether or not that was the correct person. And they never identified themselves. Again, Batman tool belt full of shit, tasers and all kinds of stuff. You have bulletproof vests on. You have all of this gear. You're supposed to be trained to help the community. I would like to understand who were you protecting and serving when you shot that man 20 times in the back in his own backyard? I know. Where was he going to go? You had eyes on him. Where was he going to go? What, what made you fearful? Because he was holding something in his hand. Now we can't have anything in our hands. We can't hold anything. We can't be in our backyards. We can't fucking breathe. We can't put our hands up. We can't put our hands down. We can't, like you said, we can't breathe. We can't do anything. We can't tell you we have a gun that's registered to us that we legally own. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because then we'll kill you then Right, we'll kill you for that. There's no recourse. There's no safety. Mm -mm. And there's no care about our lives when they're over. Because people care more about basketball games. Where's the humanity? And then the suspect that they were looking for was over six feet tall. This man was far shorter than that. You're supposed to be able to be trained to do this. And there are protocols when you approach a suspect. None of those things were done. You ran up on this man and you shot him 20 times in the back in his backyard. Mm-hmm. So now his children don't have a father. And somehow this will be his fault. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the police will get off for doing this again. And I hope that's not the case, but I just, no, I don't hope because I don't have any more hope when it comes to situations like this. None of us are safe. It doesn't matter what your gender is. If you're black in this country, there's a target on your back. And that's just it and all. This is where we are. Thanks, America. How many more protest marches do we have to go to? How many more petitions do we have to sign? Like, what, what is it that we have to do to, to be able to, to have access to civil rights and fucking basic ass humanity. They treat dogs better in the street. People have gone to jail over what they, they do to dogs and animals. and Exactly. But look at this. Michael Vick. Look what happened to him. But these cops get away with doing this all the time. Like, I swear, I don't even know. There are so many occurrences now. Like, I just, I can't even, you start, you and this is so terrible to say, but you just, you start to become almost desensitized in a weird way. Because if you don't, then you cannot function. You cannot go outside and live your life every day if, if you allow yourself to take the full emotional hit of when this happens every time it happens. 
It's just, it's just terrible. And again, like having conversations with children about this kind of stuff to try and teach them how not to get killed by the police. And every time this happens, the dialogue shifts because again, what else are we supposed to tell these kids not to do when they come into contact with the police? Don't put your hands up. Don't put your hands down. Don't have anything in your hand. Don't turn around. Don't be outside playing with anything. Yep. Don't be in your backyard. Where are we safe? It is so frightening. And in my class, we were talking about the whole theory behind post-traumatic slave disorder. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, how about now? Exactly. Because it's the same thing. It's the same shit. Post-traumatic. It's present traumatic up in this bitch. Look at how we're living our lives in this world today. It is disgusting. And we are tired. So, yeah, we just needed to talk about that. Um... Because it's kind of weighed very heavily on us. I know for me, I haven't been right since Sunday. And I just, I keep seeing reports about it. And then with all of the other things that are happening in the news and that are in the current news cycle right now, I just feel like this, this story has gotten so minimized by all of the other bullshit that's oh, out there. Of course. What, what happened to this man is being trivialized. And that always happens, right? But mm-hmm. it just... It's devastating. I don't even know what to do or say. I cannot imagine being that man's grandparents. Yeah. And and the grandparents said that the doorbell was broken. Mm-hmm. So the the family members will go to the back and tap on the window so mm-hmm. they can come in. So mm-hmm. he wasn't hiding. He was just trying to get into where he lived. I mean, Trayvon Martin was just trying to go home too. And how are those people supposed to... Look out the back window in their yard, knowing that their family member was assassinated mm-hmm. in the backyard. Again, where are we supposed to go? Where are we safe? Our hearts go out to this young man's family and to everyone that's been affected by this, and you know, to black people in general. Um Take care of yourselves. Do whatever self-care you need. Take whatever time you need. Be there for each other. Hold on to each other. Love each other. Because that's all we got. Just take care of each other. Do you like us? Do you love us? Do Do you you want want more of us? us? You know you do. And we know how you can help us continue serving up all this hot, burly goodness every week. Because we cannot slay on glitter and rhinestones alone. Please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash showgirl Sunday dinner if you want to donate monthly. You can support the SGSD crew for only $2 per month. We also accept donations via PayPal at www.paypal.me backslash showgirl Sunday dinner. Please donate to the Sparkle and Shine Fund today. We appreciate all your love and support. Body rolls! <laughs> so this week we decided for Dine and Dish that we were going to leave it up to y'all to send us some emails so that we could share our platform with you and so that you guys could ask us questions. And we definitely just, you know, 
Wanted to hear more from you. We're always looking to hear from our dinner guests. We're always looking for questions, your suggestions, your critiques. You're anything, really. Just write to us. We want to talk to you. We got a few letters, so we're super excited about that. And then also, surprise for CP as well, Doc decided to... (laughs) <laughs> to give me a couple questions that he thought that we should answer on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Y'all just don't know Doc being here trolling hard, okay? Yes, So, yes, yeah. Yes. Um, some of those questions, I was like, I'm not doing that. So, no. The first letter that I'm going to read comes from the lovely Stormy Chance. Okay. Hi, Stormy. She is the cutest, and I am still jealous of your corset from Burlesque Brunch. Exactly. um, I hope that you're going to be at Burlesque Brunch this month and that we all have the lit table again. Yes, because we were lit. Yes. Oh, no, it's isn't it? It's April, right? It's April. April April 22nd. 22nd. Yes. So um, come to San Diego Burlesque Brunch um, if you're in town on April 22nd. Get your tickets now because they always sell out. Sit at our table or near our table because mm-hmm. there's there's going to be the show and then there's going to be the shenanigans in between the numbers because, yeah. you know, we're lit. Because we're just full of shenanigans and, all the I time. mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's us. What can I say? She says, hi, ladies. I've wanted to write for a long time, but when your brain is 90% anxiety, writing an email can feel like climbing a mountain. Sorry in advance for the novella. Girl, I love novellas. Come bring it. Hey. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, burlesque has become a haven for me. I'm in San Diego for work every week, but I actually live on the East Coast. What that means is that I spend a lot of time on planes and in hotels. Just when I was getting to the point where I thought I couldn't handle that schedule anymore, all the hotel and airline points in the world can't make up for having no social life, I found Glitter Tribe Studios. I've loved burlesque for a long time, but had never really considered doing it myself. I'm super introverted and have a tendency towards being plain and blending in, which has just never felt like it would fit with the world of burlesque. Um, ma'am, we see you. You don't blend exactly. in nowhere. You are so adorable. Exactly. I don't know how I don't you're know blending you blend in. in okay. Ma'am. Yeah. Okay. I remember sitting in the lobby waiting for class to start and feeling nervous that I would be horrible and everyone would shun me for being the <laughs> awkward person in the corner who just couldn't keep up. What I found was a magical land of badass babes who are hands down some of the most determined, sassy, strong women I've ever had the pleasure of being friends with. Oh, that is oh. so sweet. Um, I'm sure I'll always struggle with imposter syndrome. Girl, me too. And wonder what I've possibly done to deserve to hang out with all of you sparkly goddesses. But but I know that I have no regrets. Um, you're a joy and a delight to have she around. Is, she is. You're we just, have so much fun. Girl. With you. I mean, you understand my side eye glances from across the table. I mean, you know, we have a way of looking at each other as black girls, you know. Anyways, um, listening to your show always reminds me that the problems that make me feel like I'm on an island are the same damn things everyone is struggling with. True that. Uh, One of my favorite things to do in the morning is to find a safish place to prop up my phone and listen to you in the shower. (laughs) Even on a bad day, listening to you and your dinner guest lifts my mood. You all fulfill my intense love for people who unapologetically speak their mind and show their true selves. Oh, thank you. Thanks. This is so sweet. Okay. On episode 20, I didn't get to watch the live stream, but I love the episode. It was great to hear about your favorites and to have reminders of the happy, sad, and downright pissed off moments that I've devoured in the previous podcast. I did pause 
at one point to take a voice note so that I could remember to share it. <laughs> I was driving and trying trying to be somewhat responsible. I absolutely agree. Pearl DeMorta and Raven Von Scrumptious are absolutely the best and most supportive burly friends that anyone could ask for. I'm glad every day that I have them as part of my support system. Yes, because they slay. They do. Um, I hope that Sepia does a costuming workshop one day. I'm a comfortable sewer, but the idea of sewing with challenging materials and things that sparkle kind of makes me nervous. Okay, maybe more than nervous. I'm downright petrified of costuming. Girl, hashtag me too. Um, (laughs) um, Just one question before I close out this super long letter. I'm really struggling with what I want to do with burlesque. I've never performed, and I'm really not convinced it's something I'm even capable of doing or deserve to do. What helped you decide that it was time to get on a stage and show it all off for the first time? Love, Stormy Chance. P.S. I'm going to try and write more often. I hope so. Okay, I hope so too. This letter was so well written. I loved mm-hmm. how you wrote about devouring our, our, yes. our episodes because, you know, mm-hmm. it, is, it is a meal. Yes, know. it is. <laughs> We're yes, trying to serve is. up some hot belly goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so, Sepia, you want to answer Miss Stormy Chance's question? I am working on a workshop. Um, I just have to decide what it's going to be. I think the first one is going to be on using your sewing machine because a lot of people have talked to me about using the sewing machine. And I'm going to try to talk Eva May. Do you hear me, Eva? I'm trolling. I'm doing you like you do us, Eva May, into doing another costume workshop too. So then you can have, you know... Your know how to use your sewing machine and then know how to, you know, put your stuff together. Yeah. Um, do whatever feels right with, you know, going into burlesque. Mm-hmm. I did it because I hadn't performed. I needed something and I found burlesque. And I didn't really think that I fit into some of the other groups, but it's okay. With burlesque, you don't have to fit in. Burlesque is the land of misfit toys. Yeah. So... You have to just be the best who you are and just wing it. If you decide that, no, you don't want to do a solo, then you don't have to do a solo. Um, If you decide you want to do one and in your routine, all you want to do is sit there and we'll go back to pork chop and just eat chicken, Mm -hmm. then that's what you do. That's your creativity. So just be all of who you are and you are fabulous. Yeah, you're fantastic. And you have impeccable taste. Mm-hmm. So I know that your music choice would be on point. Mm-hmm. Your costume would be on point. You would be on point. But it is a, a journey. Like for me, um, Sepia made me get on stage. So there's that. Um, yeah, I did. So I, I had no <laughs> intentions of doing anybody's student showcase. Sometimes I have to stop myself and, and really like understand the realities of how burlesque has gone for me. Let's just let's just talk about this. February of 2017 was the first time I hit the boards in a burlesque show. First time. It is now March of 2018. Holy shit. What a fucking whirlwind, right? I have kind of made a conscious decision for myself that I am slowing my role a little bit. And not not in any way that's like I'm going to stop, but I feel like everything that I've done thus, thus far has been rushed. And I don't want my burlesque experience to feel like that forever. And it's up to me to control that. So 
Um, I'm really working on acts and understanding that acts are things just like people that evolve. And it's not going to be perfect when it hits the stage the first time. And I'm going to have opportunities to do it again. And I'm going to change it. I'm going to play with it. And I'm going to update my costume. I'm going to do all of these things. So I'm working on depressurizing the situation for myself and just being a little bit more patient with myself, as Butalo would say. Um, So I think my advice to you is to take your time and to do what feels right when it feels right to you. But on the flip side of that, don't allow fear to control the decision that you make. Because, I mean, again, Lily Holiday said there's literally an audience for everything. And Di Lovely said something so incredible to me last night. I had a private with her last night. Again, I am blessed with some of the best mentors in the world. She said to me that the audience is always rooting for you. When you step out onto the stage, the audience is rooting for you. So no matter what you do, the audience is going to be on your side. So just know that and take comfort in that. Um, And if you ever do decide to get on stage, we're going to be there. We'll be in the front row. Screaming our faces Mm -hmm. off for you. You're not awkward at all. I love watching the way that you move. I think that you have a ton to offer. But again, when you decide to do that, it's completely and totally up to you. And that's the beauty of burlesque. It is about your own self-expression. And that also means the timing in which you decide to do things. So do whatever you want, whenever you want to, but don't allow fear to be a reason not to do it. That'd be my only caveat. I agree. Because burlesque is a journey and it's not just a journey on getting on a stage and performing. It's a journey on truly embracing yourself Mm -hmm. and loving yourself. And, And you may not realize when you first get into it, like she said, how acts evolve yes. you're evolving with that act yes. because that act wouldn't be able to evolve if you hadn't right so just be gentle with yourself face those fears because don't think i don't have those um yeah we all do <laughs> and just do it do whatever feels good to you now we're going to move on to our next email who comes from the amazing fantastical trish the dish And she says, hello, beautiful ladies. First, I have to say that I really appreciate all the wonderful things you say about me. (laughs) But I must correct you and say that I am not a legend. I may be old enough, but I am relatively new to burlesque. I took my first class five years ago and was just on medical hold for over a year. I loved hearing everyone's favorites from the podcast. And again, you girls fucking rock. Sepia, oh my God, congratulations on Beehoff. You deserve it. I was so happy to see so many people I know that made it. Fuck yes. With my love and respect, Trish the Dish. Thank you, Trish. Yes, Trish. Trish. I'm sorry. We see see you as being legendary. You're a legend in our eyes. So that's why we said that. But I understand what you're saying, Mm -hmm. how there are criteria, I guess, in the burlesque world for being a legend and gatekeepers to those things Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but... I mean, in our eyes, you are legendary, and we love you very, very, very much. And we are so looking forward to sharing the stage with you at Gone But Not Forgotten in April 28th. And yes, we're going to have a ball. Yes. Next one is from the lovely Von Bella. And she says, dear beautiful queens of slay, goddesses, babes, and hot mamas. (laughs) (laughs) 
So cute. She says, I miss you. I miss your energy and conversations. Even though I'm just a silent weirdo in the corner, LMAO. <laughs> Girl, we miss you too. Mm-hmm, we um, do. Life, it just, well, for me, it's school. School just came with me fast. I have too many classes again this semester. I don't know why I keep doing this, but silent weirdo? No. You're, you are like, again, how many times do I have to tell you? Pin up perfection. I can't mm-hmm. with you. Silent weirdo. Silent weirdo. Ugh, okay. But seriously, I love you guys. So I was just curious about how you ladies end up at competitions and booking shows. Do you sign yourself up for competitions mostly? Do agents contact you? Do you always get help with your choreography? Or do you create your acts on your own mostly? I would love to do a solo one day, but I get nervous about coming up with my own choreography and freestyling. I have no dance background other than dancing at Quinceañeras <laughs> growing up. Hey, and, yay, there you go. Right? are lit. They hey. are. Um, and a few Zumba classes. And of course, the classes I take at Glitter Tribe Studios. Also, I had some ideas for a solo, but after the student showcase with Glitter Tribe, I felt like my ideas were not original at all anymore, and I'm back to the drawing board with what my act should be. Any advice or words of wisdom to help me out of my funk? Of feeling so unoriginal. I'm having showgirl in training dancers block. Hope to hear from you guys soon. Love you. Besitos. Von Bella. I had dancers block when I was trying to choreograph for my Ruby Rod act. Mm-hmm. Twirl can tell you. I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. And my mind was blank. I knew exactly what I wanted for the costume. Yeah. I knew exactly what I wanted underneath and props that I wanted, but I didn't have a fucking idea of what I was going to do. When that happens, talk to people. Yeah. I, I talked to Twirl and and she was like, well, duh, Sepia, um, the character, yeah. <laughs> the Ruby Rod character just... As long as you're in that character, you have something to go by. So I would watch all these little gifts and stuff because, of course, I couldn't find the movie anywhere to rewatch it. But some of the stuff was still in my head. I just kind of played around. And some stuff I thought was, like, really just stupid and silly. But it works. So you have to get out of your head. Then you just have to commit to whatever it is that you're doing. So I committed to pulling them pearls out my hair. Yes. Right? So commit to whatever it is that you're doing and just be you. Yeah. I think the other thing, too, I want to address what you said about feeling unoriginal. If you're doing it, then it's original. Because you're an original. There are only but so many different dance steps out there in the world, right? It's the way that you take those dance steps and interpret them. You have a very classic look to you and a very classic way of moving. So if you do a classic act, even though there are many classic acts out there, there is no classic act like yours will be. You are Von Bella and your smile, your flirty way of being on stage, your body and the way that you express yourself and move is an original. So don't allow other acts that you see going on out in the world discourage you from doing the act that you wanna do. Do your act. And then if you look back at it and you feel like you would like to make changes, then make those changes. It's all an evolution, right? I think you should do whatever you want to do. Put it out there. See how you feel about it. Not how everybody else feels about it, but how you feel about it. 
And if you want to make changes, then yes, make those changes for yourself. Like Sepia said, ask for advice from people. Me being a dancer and also I've done a fair amount of choreography in my life doesn't prepare me to be a choreographer for burlesque dancing. So yeah, I've had privates with Dai. I've had privates with Ginger. Those are the two people, my go-to people in, here in San Diego that I work with. I talk to Egypt a lot about what I'm trying to do. Uh, taking classes is a way of broadening your vocabulary as far as dance is concerned. You take the things that you learn from your teachers and you allow their movement to inspire you and you, you take that inspiration and you turn it into something that belongs to you. That's what you're paying for when you take a class, right? Yeah, just allow your, your teachers to inspire you, allow other dancers to inspire you. And this is the thing that I'm learning too. I can allow people to inspire me without comparing myself to them because we're all originals. So I think that you should just work on your act, get it out there, see what happens with it. And I'm sure it's gonna be fantastic. And again, we'll be there screaming for you because you killed it at the student showcase. You were fantastic. Yep. And even if you're not comfortable choreographing it yourself, yeah. you can have someone else do it for you. I've had Sky Masters mm-hmm. choreograph something for me, Ginger. Mm-hmm. A good teacher is going to let you have your input and you're going to do those moves the way your body does those moves. Right. They're just giving you an outline yes. of these are things that you can do here since you're kind of blocked. Right. But So you just use that outline and then... You change it up to what what's comfortable for you. Yeah. And I think, too, we should think about over the summer sepia, possibly running some studio space somewhere and inviting the students to come together to sit down and have a peer review so they can work on acts that they're working on. And then we can all just sit around and try and help each other out. Yeah, because we're working. on. We have acts we need to work on. Too. Yeah. So <laughs> we all have stuff that we're working mm-hmm. on. And I think sometimes, you know, when you're in a group of people that know you and that care for you and want the best for you sometimes getting some input from your friends is the best way to do that videotape yourself freestyling sometimes when you're just free and you let yourself move some amazing things come out of your body that you didn't even know were there so yeah or have a friend wash you while you're you're freestyling you know and that can help you come up with things that you want to put into an act you might do something to a totally different song Mm -hmm. that you love and you work it into the piece that you're working on So just keep listening to the music, keep taking classes, keep dancing, keep freestyling. And yeah, just keep being you because you're fucking amazing and we love you. My burlesque life is a whirlwind like Trilicious too because there was only like 14 months in between my first student performance and all this other part of my world. But I have insomnia, so (laughs) (laughs) usually that's when I submit. Usually if you want to get into a festival, you need a video, a bio, a picture. You just fill out the application. A lot of times there's a fee and send the fee. Well, I will procrastinate most of the time. I apply on the very last day because that fear just comes in and I'm a lot better now because I do some way ahead of time. For me, it'll always be, okay, well, my bio, I don't know about my bio. And then I was just thinking the other day, they don't really care about what my bio says, (laughs) right? And that's the thing that, 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 that holds me back. But try to prepare yourself for... 
rejection. Yeah. Because I've read in some of the, the posts, everyone waiting on pins and needles about who's going to get into BHOP. When you get rejected, it's not about you. It's hard not to feel that it's not about you, but don't let that stop you from submitting. When I first started submitting, I wouldn't tell anybody that I, I submitted at all because I was so scared oh that I was going to be rejected. And I still really don't tell. I'll tell, I'll tell Twirl because we'll have our little, oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I should do this. Oh, I can't do that. Yeah. We'll have that little conversation and then we'll smack each other <laughs> into the white world. She'll be like, Sepia, get it together. Say your magic. Right. <laughs> right? But the feeling that you get the first time that you're accepted is so just keep on doing so a couple of things i want to put in in, out there for everybody and put in your ear this might be helpful for you there are two websites i'm going to refer you to www.burlesquecasting.com so on that website you're going to find all of the burlesque shows that are coming up not just locally but like some international stuff pops up on there too. Mm-hmm. And it gives you the criteria of what they want, like what they're looking for for the show, what types of acts, how to submit. That's something to bookmark for yourself. And then also www.burlesquefests.com. Uh, that is a listing of all of the festivals that are happening. It clicks you to the link for the website. It tells you the dates, you know, when you have to apply by, the actual application, what you need. But for most burlesque festivals and when you're submitting to a producer for a show the things that you want to have are uh pictures of yourself professional photos of yourself that can be used for promotion and uh, most of the burly babes that we know um have at least been down to the bad kitty Mm -hmm. so you have photos right yes and then you'll need video of your performance for festivals a lot of times you need like a professional looking video it's a little bit different what i do Because sometimes it's hard to send the video. I'll make my videos into YouTube videos. You you can still make it private, but then you need to make sure that you send a link so that whoever can can open it. But I usually transfer all of mine to YouTube videos because it's just easier. Yeah. And a lot of the applications ask for a YouTube link Mm -hmm. for your video. So you'll need to upload the video to YouTube. When you're submitting to producers for shows... Um, a lot of times, especially when you're first starting out, like some of the videos that I had sent out initially to get books were rehearsal videos. Mm-hmm. So if your costume is done, you can get somebody to videotape you in rehearsal. Uh, you rent the studio space, you get a video in rehearsal, um, and you can utilize that. You can also put that on YouTube again so that you can make that link accessible to producers. You want to make sure that your, your act is done and that your costume is done. And then you can video and present it. That's all you really need to do. Yep. Also, um, also yeah. what I've been doing, I've been trying to put all my stuff in a file. I'm building a file where I'll have a longer bio. I'll yeah. have a bio that's only 50 words. I'll yeah. have my intro. I'll yeah. have all my music. Yeah. Um, in, in one file, I'll have some pictures that I want in another file. I'll even have what my... My cleanup is the description yes. of my act, yes. all the stage notes. I'll put all that into a file for each of my acts. Right. So, yes, if you have lighting notes, 
how long your act is, mm-hmm. the name of the song, the artist, yeah. um, what a description of your costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, what description items, of your act? Right. What What are you doing? Right. Because um, one of mine, I my, like my endangered species. I just say I am revealing from a species to a woman. Right. So it could be just as simple as that. Yeah. Um, for the description of your um, act. If you have a setup, like if you have items that need to be placed on the stage mm-hmm. before you go out on stage, they'll want to know that information and you know what you'll be leaving on the stage when you're done so that they can mm-hmm. give that information to the kittens. Yeah, where you enter, do you enter on the music? Right. Do you enter off stage? Yeah. Um, Just follow the casting. You know, mm-hmm. whatever they ask you for on the casting note, then that's what you follow. And like Sepia said, just don't take it personally if you're not picked for everything. Not everybody gets to be mm-hmm. in every show, you know, or gets picked for every festival. And that's fine. You just keep you keep going and you keep working. But yeah, I'm sure that uh, you can get yourself booked, ma'am. Yeah. Another place that you can go for casting is Burlesque Bitch. And it's www.burlesquebitch.com. Um some festivals and stuff that I've applied to, it just automatically transfers you to there. And and with that one, you can see, you know, the process of your application and your fees and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, a lot of times there are, it does cost. Yeah, to apply to festivals. To apply to festivals. Yeah. So, and uh, usually you can pay through PayPal with most of them. So, yeah. applying to producers doesn't cost if you're just no. apply, like yeah. if you're just if you're submitting to be in a show mm-hmm. that usually doesn't cost it but if you are or shouldn't cost yeah. I, I haven't come across any producers that were asking people no. for fees to submit yeah but mostly it's with festivals it's festivals that you're you're paying to apply because that's mm-hmm. an application to compete mm-hmm. for something uh it's not just and even for some of the ones if you're just showcasing if you're just in the mm-hmm. performance because it's such a big thing to put on a festival. And a lot of times, like with Behoff, mm-hmm. a lot of the money that comes in from yeah. applications goes to maintain the museum. Mm-hmm. The last letter that we have here is from Miss Juniper Jade and uh, our old dog. And she mm-hmm. says, she's sick right now. We hope you feel better. I'm sorry Jade. I got you sick. You poor thing. <laughs> um, all right. So it says, hey, girls. Hey, thanks for having me on the show i'm still high off all the fun we had and maybe still a little bit drunk from all that jungle juice ha <laughs> <laughs> um i saw in a group on facebook that someone is thinking about or is looking into opening a black strip club here i'm pro tna and immediately thought about us talking about Hoa's life last week ashanti and her dumbass not wanting to be associated with strippers and fuckers seeing birth canals girl Mm-mm-mm. I thought about us kikiing it up at the club, then thought about some burlesque performers who'd want to go and maybe perform there. I explained all of this after and posed the question if black people associated burlesque with only white people. I asked and explained after seeing mad reactions to my comment and two women responding with, we want to see TNA, not Victoria's Secret models. And one emphasized wanting black dancers with black all in caps. So I like your opinions on the matter. Maybe some insight. Am I missing something? Did I say something ignorant? Is there something wrong with mentioning black strip clubs and burlesque in the same sentence? (laughs) Please feel free to give me a history lesson if needed so I know better. Much love from a confused, all-inclusive Ho is Life black woman, a.k.a. Juniper Jade. (laughs) Yep, Ho is Life. Yes, Ho is Life. Absolutely. Um, I think that there are still some people who, like you mentioned, Ashanti, 
Um, she clearly has issues. It's it's basically internalized misogyny, mm-hmm. you know, because you're allowing uh, very patriarchal ideals about how women are supposed to act and how we're supposed to represent ourselves and how we're supposed to present our sexuality that is dictating to them how they respond to certain things. So the idea of being associated with being a stripper is still very triggering for some folks, regardless of the fact that you are standing there with your ass out giving a lap dance. It's just, again, this patriarchal mindset is fucking us all up. You know what I mean? Like, it's just doing bad things for all of us. I don't understand myself, but I get how people get themselves wrapped up into these kind of ridiculous hair-splitting issues with trying to reconcile being a burlesque performer and being a stripper um and and why those things need to be different for them yeah and there's nothing wrong with either one of them at Um, all you know if that's what you want to do that's what you want to do so there's there's so you just have to learn how to sometimes tell people fuck you right you know (laughs) i'm living my best life right and you don't get to tell me what I am, that doesn't matter. And I also know you're probably going to get cussed out for doing so, but I digress. Yeah, and you know how I feel about Ashanti. Right. So, yeah. I'm, Girl vibe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, shoot, black strip clubs are the best. Um, I mean, Because a- a- I used to go to L.A. to the right track, mm-hmm. to the male strip clubs, and... I loved it. I would, oh, my favorites, I'm digressing too. I don't digress. (laughs) Were Booyah and Hennessy and Triple X and they, oh, entertainment. And I used to perform in a group that had um, male strippers in it. And it's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. And so. also, there are plenty of burlesque performers that also work as club strippers. Yes. Yeah. You know, so there's nothing. There's nothing you know, wrong with either one. No. There's something wrong with ignorant people who can't seem to mind their business and let people live their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing wrong with being a stripper or being a burlesque performer or being both. I would personally love to see a black strip club in San Diego. Yeah. My only hope is that whomever decides to invest in this thing, that they have the seed money to be able to deal with the fact that they're going to be running in the red for probably at least a year. Or more. Right. Because you know, the laws in San Diego are, yeah. Yeah. So um, it's, it's a very conservative town here, you know, and it's also very white and not all that kind to people of color. So, you know, they, somebody but, trying to open a, if it's, especially if it's a black owned black strip mm-hmm. club, they might have a hard way to go here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. What some people don't know, there used to be a lot of just regular black nightclubs mm-hmm. um, in, in San Diego. And for one reason or another, you know, they closed, the clientele changed, and, and, and San Diego is conservative. Well, I mean, I hope they do. I'd like to hear more about this, Juniper J. The next time mm-hmm. we see each other and chat, like I'd like to hear more about the folks that are, are organizing it because um, I'll be there with my dollars yeah. ready to make it rain on some folks. Because, mm-hmm. um, yes, ho is life. Ho's got to eat too. Yes. Um, and we want to make sure that, you know, we're tipping all the mm-hmm. hoes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so the questions that Doc 
had for us, I picked two that I thought were cute. So okay. the first, ready? right. The first one was, uh, who was your favorite guest of all of the dinner guests that we've had on the show? Who is your favorite and why? Eva. Yeah. <laughs> we had a good old Eva, time. We had a good time with Eva. Eva is hilarious. Yes. And, um, just some of the advice that she gave, mm-hmm. um, and and because you know it was about costuming, so to me, yeah, that was. So I learned a lot, but now Eva, yeah, Eva. <laughs> um. So I thought about this and I could not narrow it down to one. So I'm gonna call it two experiences. So the first was Die Lovely when she came over here with oh, her lighting, yes, and her tripod, and yes. I was like, oh my and god, video equipment. Okay, she was fucking prepared. So there was that. <laughs> Just her being so ready. Yes. It was amazing. So there was that. But then also, me, you, Juniper Jade, and Kiki Chaos. Oh. In here, lit the fuck up. Because we doing were church. Lit. Listen, doing church. Re- just that episode <laughs> was ridiculous. We had so much fun. Yes. There were supposed to be more people here because folk, but folks were sick. Like that mm-hmm. week, everybody had fucking yeah. litter plague. But the, us four, mm-hmm. what a fucking party. Like, yeah. that was, we had such a good And we night. still need to finish. I don't, you don't have yours. I don't, I don't have mine. Right. We so, what dress form got me? Yeah. Okay? Because we were in here. The day after. Right. Because we were too, too dress- lit. That podcast juice is a mother. Listen, we're going to have to put the podcast juice recipe up for people so that they can, yes, they yes. can get their lives. I, because you know what? I, I haven't even taken the contents out of my car. Oh my All God. the alcohol is still in the box in the back of my car. So we're going to pause recording. this <laughs> car. No. <laughs> um, okay. Um, oh, the last question from Doc. What is your favorite costume? Of mine? Mm-hmm. Of yours, and then, hey, let's do somebody else's. Yeah, okay. let's talk about other people's costumes that we like. My favorite costume of you, I guess we could do one of each. Oh, well, I don't have enough costumes yes. for that. My favorite costume of yours Uh-oh. is the one from Sextra Terrestrials, because your little skirt, the way that it, just the shape of it, of, of, of the costume... I and like the skirt. The skirt. And, and like you skirt. did that yourself. I did. I did. And, and that's I another. Just all of, all of the components that you put together. You are a very good costumer. You have a very good eye to put all those pieces together and, and it to come out like that. I, I loved that costume. I just wish that my <laughs> C-string had stayed attached to my butt. But it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but that was okay because it was I, celestial. I got on my nerves. That was so annoying. But no, I But loved... you made the bodysuit. The bodysuit that I wore was one that you made. I just, I twisted the straps and put rhinestones on I'm them. Not talk, you... I'm talking about the skirt, no, the skirt and all the other stuff that you combined together with it. That look was yours. I like the skirt. I'm I'm proud of myself for the skirt. I am. I'm proud of myself. Mm, and for just the skirt. everything with the with the costumes, the boots, and everything. How your hair was, was everything nice with the costume. I loved that. I like my stars on my face. Yes, like that was that was my favorite. It was one. fun. It was a fun costume. Okay, so my favorite costume of sepias. I love the love to love you costume. That's my favorite. And the reason is because you made that white fur. And I just feel like when you step out on the stage in that outfit, you are fucking Donna Summer. Like, 
that costume, that act, that is just, it's so you. The nude under stuff, like the bra mm-hmm. and that cage mm-hmm. panty and stuff, it matches your skin flawlessly. The rhinestoning mm-hmm. is beautiful. Uh, the fringe, the fingering of the fringe, which has become such a thing. <laughs> now, the way you utilize the costume and the act as well, it's just, it's a flawless costume. Um, yeah, I love that. I when like you get that on the floor with the fur, yes, it's opulent. I like that. And I'm going to, the uh, base for the mm-hmm. um, the nude bra and the panties I got from Holiday Boutique. So yes, Holiday. hit her up. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I ordered a black sheer uh mesh for my endangered species that i updated it but i i do i like that costume yeah and you always talk about how perfectly that bra and panty fit too from yes because i need like a triple d and she has triple d big bus girls and and it it does it fits the panties in the bra fit perfectly the color of the brown it's perfect you know is perfect so i think i need to just order like a whole bunch of other brown ones because i have another brown one that i want to do yeah um but yeah that's one of my favorites you just look naked with like Mm -hmm. rhinestones all over you and then y'all the disco ball pasties yes that josie bunny made (laughs) those pasties are life they're still like my favorite pasties that I've ever seen, honestly. I love those pasties. They're fantastic. And when you hold them, I expect them to be much heavier mm-hmm. than they were, considering they're it's glass. Yeah. It's mirrors. Mm-hmm. But they're not. She's mm-hmm. magical. I mean, in a whole bunch of different ways, but those pasties are phenomenal. So what's your favorite costume of yours before we go on to other people um my favorite costume of mine i think the sugar in my bowl costume yeah that one's beautiful because i bought that dress at buffalo exchange for like 20 bucks and then just altered it for my use but it's so sparkly and that blue color is so pretty like i i i felt pretty when i put that on and i have some things that i want to do to it to update it but I like the idea of the way that it opens in the back. Mm-hmm. And when I take it off, I'm still wearing the little bustle. Th- I just like the way it all came together. And I got some great advice from you, from Eva, from Di. Like, I just felt like that costume was kind of an amalgamation of a lot of advice from really awesome people. So there's a lot of, of love that's in that costume. And I it meant a lot to me to make that because it was for burlesque brunch. Mm-hmm. And that is just such an honor to do that. I felt so honored that I was asked to do that show. And so yeah, I think that is and I made I made my boa. I know. Like I made a vegan yes. boa. Yes. I like I did a lot for that costume. Mm-hmm. That's the most I've ever done for a costume. Because altering the dress for the Prince Act was not as hard as mm-hmm. doing what I had to do for this costume. So, yeah, that's my favorite. I'm going to go with my green light. Yes. My robe. I love that robe. I knew when I did that act, I knew what I wanted to do. At first, I, I wanted to do a sheer robe. Mm-hmm. But then I found the boa that I have on the sleeves yeah. that had the green coming out. Then the green lining, mm-hmm. I found that fabric, and I'm like, no, because we know green's my favorite. Yes. I'm like, I have to do something. And so that's my favorite. And then after 
we like were up till oh three, four, Going rhinestoning the the, the lining. <laughs> yes, yes, and shoot, we could rhinestone some more. But um, that's my favorite costume, and and because that one has the tap pin. Yes, yes, which are so cute. That on that I I rhinestoned and. But I added, like we were talking about costumes evolved. At first, it didn't have a bra. That act, At first, I was getting dressed. Yeah. So I, you know, would take the stuff off, put stockings on and shoes, and then I would get dressed. But when I changed it, then I needed to add other costume pieces. Yeah, I love the movement favorite. of that room. Yeah. And if and it that, had been sheer, it would not have had yeah, that. Yeah. And you know how I like how fantastic. fabric moves. Yeah. And I love the movement, even when I'm just walking yeah. it just like it's flows. luxurious i love i love movement and then when you open the robe mm-hmm. in the green and it's just it's perfect i love yeah, it so what's your favorite costume of someone like of someone else's like outside? i like egypt's costume that she had for was it viva with the white shirt. Yeah, the Michael Jackson. Yes. yes. I love, love, love. Yep. I mm-hmm. love, love, love that costume. I like the way fabric flows and moves. And, and, and if they could, like, see me, they'd be yes. like, she's, like, touching herself. Yeah. Um, and lays against your body yeah. and how, yeah, yeah. No, that's my, that's my favorite. Um, that was on that was on the short list, but I think I love Jezebel Thunder's gold and white uh, panel skirt costume that she does with the van act that she does. I love mm-hmm. that costume and her bright the bird like the bright feather bird one that she does mm-hmm. too. I love her costumes in general. She has great costuming, but I think that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. It, because I remember when I saw her, the first time I saw her in that was in person was at mm-hmm. Burlesque Brunch. Mm-hmm. And the way it fits her body. Yes. Um, and the way she works those fans and the panel mm-hmm. skirt, that gold, that kind of, that shade of gold on, on her, her skin, skin is just well oh, thought out, yes. just well planned, well fitted. Mm-hmm. It just, it's a fantastic costume on her. So yeah. I love yeah. that costume. There's another costume. I don't remember... Because, yeah, we were too lit. I don't remember the performer's name at Burlesque Brunch. The Peacock. The Peacock. Yeah. Oh, my God. That that has to be my favorite. Just how she took the Peacock off of her headdress, yes. attached it to her, yes. her skirt, and just every everything about all of the pieces on how they... They went together mm-hmm. and and separately they could be, you know, useful in the colors, in the different textures. Yes. Um, on her uh on her bra, her panties, um, in the in the fan. Yeah. It was it was gorgeous. The skirt. Yes. Um, it, it was gorgeous. Aria Delanoche. Yes. I love the way the straps on the thong were like started kind of like at the bottom and then came up and around. Yes. That was that thong, the construction was fantastic. Yes, and it fit her. You can have the most expensive costume that there is, but yes. if it doesn't fit you properly, yes. then it'll be like it's worth 10 cents. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Or the color is wrong for you. So mm-hmm. think about that with your costumes. Yeah. Does this color work for me? You know? Yeah. 
I do have something else on trolling because Lucy May <laughs> suggested that I do a segment about the weather. <laughs> okay, here we go. I don't have anything to do with this, y'all. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing it today. I'm not oh. prepared today, okay. even though today has been a fucking bipolar day. <laughs> In San Diego. In yeah. San Diego, because it's, it's been cold, and then the sun will come out, and it'll be warm, and then it'll be cold, and I, you know I can't handle that. I don't but. think it was ever cold today, but um, I just checked our Instagram. It gets, you do not have goosebumps. I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all just don't know. Kiki <laughs> um, hit us up on Instagram and she said, hey, Kiki girl. Hey, Kiki. She said, um, hello, ladies. What songs or like types slash genres of music have you been into lately? I've been into blues. Yeah. And newer artists of of the blues okay. because um, the song I did, um, Good Whiskey, mm-hmm. is by this artist, Avil Hollywood. Okay. And it's just that old, sexy, hole in the wall blues. And he's. And, and and you're getting lyrics that you that you used to get in R&B that mm-hmm. you don't get that are talking about real life thing and how you feel about this woman and about love mm-hmm. and about you know so a lot of times some of the, the blues songs will be talking about the side chick and this and that but right. that, some of that is real life yeah absolutely. when they're talking about well this is while i'm go i'm not i'm not saying anything is is correct people should be doing that or not so don't come say sepia said that because i'll be like okay well you know what <laughs> there may have been a time i was listen but, that's okay, your business but so, but, but, but the songs talk about real life feelings. Songs now don't talk about. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Songs now don't talk about feelings and blues. They just tell you like it, like it is. Yeah, and so that's the genre I've been in lately. Um. I just looked at my Spotify and Spotify told me that I have been listening to a lot of 80s and 90s R&B um, and a lot of major laser, like dancehall music, uh, gay club beats, and Nirvana. So yeah, that's kind of what's been served up on my Spotify lately. Um that sounds about right. A nice buffet. Yeah, it is a buffet, different things. And then also Vivaldi. Because Vivaldi is like my go-to when I'm like, that and Chopin, those two. When I need a moment um, to keep me from putting my hands around somebody's throat. Or I'm trying to focus to study. Chopin and Vivaldi are my go-tos. Mm-hmm. Um, the nocturnes keep me from hurting people, and Vivaldi helps me focus when I'm studying. So there's that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm an old-school love song. Give me some yes. Isley Brothers. Yes. yes. Amen. Uh, OJs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm an old-school person. Um, oh, and then, like, a ton of, like, like Billie Holiday, mm-hmm. Nina Simone, they're always there mm-hmm. for me. Um, Etta James. Yes, I um, love Etta those, James. Those singing ass, crooning ass women. Mm-hmm. Soul singers.
Um, so now we're gonna go into booked and busy. And because we got shows, we got shows, we got shows, and fucking international festivals and be off and shit. We got shows. Um, so <laughs> um, we'll let Sepia start. Okay, so April 6th. I will be at the Vancouver Burlesque Festival, and my passport did come in, so I'll be able to come back. Um, so, because she was going regardless, I was going regardless. Gonna I was just going. I was just going to take my take my passport card, and if I had to like take a bus across the border, I could at least get across the border. I couldn't fly across, but I could take a bus, a train. We would have got you back somehow. Yeah. Though. Well, my passport came. Yeah. Even though I'm sad because I lost my other one, so I don't have all my stamps. Oh, but but I get to come back home. Yeah, that's always a good yeah. thing. So my next, I am will be performing at Flaunt at Queen Bee's, and there will be a whole bunch of badass burly bays yes. in this show and yes. it's april 14th um that's that's coco's production that's coco right? coco lamore yeah and pixie sticks they present that and i am going to do my borg act. oh my god <laughs> so, you need to come see sepia pop lock and drop it listen if you missed the bless your heart burlesque show here's your opportunity to see this and like she said there's a whole slew of badass babes in this yeah, show yeah yeah um, go over so to, the, to stand out i gotta do something different yeah it's gonna uh, be sold out so yeah, get your tickets the now show, yeah just badass yeah. uh my mama peach is in the show too yes um, and dies in it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Whiskey and Fuego are doing mm-hmm. a duet. Yes. Um, yeah. Or Nina Lavox. Yes. Yes. She's because she's going to be doing some workshops. Right. But yeah, you don't want to miss this show. This show is going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, and then on the fifteenth, I will be headlining Whisper Sisters Burlesque Sunday Skirts show at the Main Street Bar and Cabaret in Laguna Beach. Um, so that should be really fun. Uh, so if you're interested in that, uh, come on up to Laguna. It'll be fun. Yeah, I'm know, doing a field trip. So yeah, Sepia is doing a caravan of love. So hit her up if you're trying to go. <laughs> hit me up if you want to go, because it's a caravan of love. And then on 420, I will be in Viva Las Vegas with Egypt. Um, yeah, uh, dancing and and twirling with the dolls, which will be so much fun. I'm so excited about this. And then next, I will be in Seattle. Yes. Um, with, She's a traveling yes. show girl. I'm going somewhere, y'all. Yes. So I'm getting on a plane for burlesque for the mm-hmm. first time. Mm-hmm. Woo, okay. So I much. know. It's so wonderful. So May 5th, I'll be in Seattle for the For Your Eyes Only and Aperitif shows, which are produced by Emerald City Burlesque Review. Um, at the Rendezvous Jewel Box Theater in Seattle, Washington. I'll be opening for Egypt because she's headlining for those two shows that night. So, yeah, I'm excited about having the opportunity to open for her. Um, yeah. So, yay. And then the big news. Drum roll. Um, I will be performing May 31st. Thursday, May 31st at Beehive, and I'm excited and nervous, and 
tell you, I already, uh, she research, She has her things that she researched, <laughs> and I have my things that I researched. So last night I was on and I was looking at who the movers and shakers were last year, yeah. and I was reading. I looked at the some of the videos that I could find, and yeah, I'm nervous. She's going to do fine, you guys. I'm going <laughs> to be but. fucking amazeballs. Um, and yeah, so we've got stuff coming up. We're really excited. Please go on over to www.showgirlsundaydinner.com. Click on the booked and busy tab. You will find a calendar with all of our shows and links to where you can get tickets and information about each show that we have coming up. Um, also for the shows that we have flyers for, there are flyers there. So you can see the visuals for all of those shows coming up because people make awesome flyers. Oh, wait, I think Sepia might have forgotten something. Um, yeah, if you're in San Diego, I forgot that um, I have some pictures um, at an art show. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sepia um, has some, some photos that were taken of her that are on sale at an art gallery. Yeah, the nude photo holding the white fur. Yes. Um, that one is there. There's It's like a 20 by something. Oh, big picture. Yeah. So go there. Please go there. Um, it's for sale for $400. Yeah. Um, there's some other photos of me. Um, so the, um, the gallery is the Meshack Gallery. It'll be going on through the end of the month. It's a plus-size art and photography, a body-positive art exhibit. So... Some of the other glitter babes are in it. There's pictures of Smiley Rose and Raven Von Scrumptious and the sexy mamacita herself, Lucy May, and our own Butter Love. Yes. So um, we'll put the information in the show notes yes. um, so you can go out there and check it out before um, it's over. And we do have like little prints and stuff for sale and eight by ten photos for mm-hmm. sale and all that so you know you want some of these photos of these sexy yeah, hot divas yeah. for your personal collection so head on over to that gallery yeah. and support uh body positive art and mm-hmm. um buy pictures and if you don't want my ass in your on your wall find somebody else that may want my ass on their wall i mean ass on your wall is always a good idea ass and fur listen it doesn't get any better than that people <laughs> get on this get over to the gallery and buy some art Now we can go ahead and move into our pasties and cake segment. And what do you have, Sepia? My pasties and cake goes out to all of the people who submitted to Behoff Mm -hmm. because it takes a lot. Like we talked earlier, it takes a lot to put yourself out there and to know that there's only a certain amount of slots and to all of the people you know in in charge of the behalf to that had to go through all of those uh submissions mm-hmm. and i'm sure that decision was like extremely hard yes. you know for them so yeah. a shout out to them too yeah. um you know on the hard job that they had to do my pasties and cake goes out to uh, the weapon of mass seduction, Miss Die Lovely. I had an amazing late night private session with uh, my girl Die last night, and I needed to spend some time with her because I, 
like I said, I'm trying to work on who Twirlisha is as a burlesque performer. I have all of these acts swimming around in my head that I'm trying to get out. All these costumes swimming around in my head that I'm trying to get made. There was just a lot of swimming happening. And it was mostly treading water. I wasn't going anywhere with any of this stuff. And I just needed Di to help me organize myself and calm myself down. And I've been working on a bunch of different things and, and doing behind-the-scenes character work on who I think Twirlish is and what I want her to be on stage. And I needed some feedback from someone who, know, who has known me from the beginning, right? Because uh, Di had me perform with her group. Like, she was the first person that pulled me out and was like, hey, come dance with me. So, um, yeah, I just, I really am super appreciative of, of her and always will be for, for embracing me in that way and always giving me amazing advice and, and mentorship. She's fantastic. So she said, she gave me some incredible advice. Like I shared some of it with you earlier. Um, and just the idea of owning it and understanding that you're the baddest bitch on the room in the room when you step on that stage. And not letting anything else get in the way of that. And she had me do this little exercise. And at the end of it, she said, I see a, a, you know, a huge difference in where you were before and where you are now. And it's like, I, I have been working on it. I've been doing a lot of writing and kind of trying to pull apart all the knots that I get in my head. And just so I have been doing some work on myself. And, and it's nice just to have someone that I have so much respect for be able to see that I'm I'm doing it. You know, it's it's nice to have that acknowledgement that, you know, it's it's working, it's moving, something's happening. So yeah, I'm excited about the new acts that I'm gonna be creating and excited about my progress. I think it's the first time that I've actually felt excited and not like white knuckled terrified about what I'm doing. Um so yeah, I'm just, I don't feel the same level of anxiety about performing as I did before. I'm starting to relax a little bit and become more comfortable with it. So that's, and again, that takes time, that takes practice, that takes performing. And I'm just really excited for all the opportunities that I have coming up to continue working on it. So yay, thank you, Die Lovely. I look forward to us getting together again. You know, my brain, like we feed up. Off of each other. Yeah, so my totally. brain was running when you were saying that. And I was thinking, you know what? I'm going to start to think that I'm as fabulous as my costume is. Because if my yeah. costume is going to be out there and being all that fabulous, I can't let my costume down. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So, especially if you spend all that damn time making Exactly. And, and money. And, and, you know, especially if I'm... I'm rhinestoning stuff, so oh my god! So yeah, no, I have to be. I have to feel like I'm as fabulous as my costume. I think that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. uh, last thing that we want to talk about with you guys today is um, the Diva Devotion Fitness class that we are doing. Um, the next installment of that will be on April sixth. So um, by the time you hear this episode, yes, the next installment will be on April, April 6th from 5.30 to 7 o'clock at Glitter Tribe Studios. So if you're interested in getting in on that class, please um, let me know. The workshop's only $5 a head, so bring your yoga mat, you know, a towel, and some water. 
or your athletic shoes and, you know, your cute little uh, athletic outfit and let's just sweat and self-worship together. There's going to be two more installments of the workshop on 4.6 and 4.13 at Glitter Tribe Studios. I'm trying to make some decisions on what I want to do with it next. Um, I've got the, the feedback that we're getting is time might not be the best mm -hmm. on Friday. So I'm trying to figure out how to possibly reschedule this and maybe do some outdoor stuff, which I think could be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, combining some hikes with some workout. So um, stay tuned. I will definitely have more information for you uh, by the time the last installment on 413 hits. So pay attention, stay tuned. Um, I have some surprises coming up for you. And also, there will be some surprises coming out about Sepia's sewing workshops eventually. And um, I will be getting the numbers together about the dress form. The duct tape dress form. So yeah, stay tuned. We have a bunch of stuff coming up for you guys and a bunch of information coming out. Once again, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in and dining and dishing with us. Please tune in next week where we'll be talking about you have an act, now what? Yeah. No, <laughs> so, um, yeah, CPI and I kind of, you know, you have folks that advise you, but then you kind of figure out a whole bunch of stuff on your own, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, we just kind of want to share some of the things that we have learned from other folks and then also some of the things that we figured out on our own about how to market and promote yourself as a performer. Um, so, yeah, that will be next week. And we look forward to dining and dishing with you all again next Sunday. And we love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you all for joining us this evening. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Showgirl Sunday Dinner and on Twitter at SG Sunday Dinner. Use the hashtags hashtag Showgirl Sunday Dinner or hashtag SGSD so we can follow all the social media conversations happening in between meals. Visit our website at www.showgirlsundaydinner.com for more information on the Showgirls, our upcoming performances, and booking inquiries. You can also always email us at showgirlsundaydinner at gmail.com with questions, tips, advice requests, recipes, suggestions, advertising, and our booking inquiries. Showgirl Sunday Dinner will drop every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and it will be available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Please share us with all of your friends on social media and leave a like, comment, and or five-star review while you're listening. We hope that you are all full and satisfied. Stay sparkly, and we look forward to glitter and dinner with you all next week on Showgirl Sunday Dinner! Dinner.